You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Gregory Hector. User entered your channel. Hey. Michael Morley. Hello. William Gibson. How's it going, guys? Tony Groves. And special guest, Spencer Tart. Uh, hello, thank you. Hey, guys. All right, welcome. we got a big group tonight. Lots of going on in iRacing. Uh, let's start with uh, Spencer Tart. Uh, thanks for joining us, Spencer. Uh, let's learn a little bit about you today. So we'll go through our, our normal Q&A. And, uh, so let's start with what brought you to iRacing and how did you hear about it? Uh, what brought me to iRacing mainly is I, I'd been doing a little bit of sim racing on other stuff, uh, like uh, project cars and stuff like that, but uh, always coming from a NASCAR background, there was no real sim simulator out there that kind of offered what iRacing has. Um, there's nothing like iRacing in the ter terms of uh, oval racing, and it's it was a no-brainer. All right, very good. Uh, so 2017 and 2018 looks like you've been here. And uh, so how often are you racing this? Are you daily, weekly? Uh, I would just pretty much just go ahead and say daily, um, racing something or practicing for something uh, with a lot of league racing coming up right now and uh, not running as much official stuff, but, uh, you know, it's still been quite a bit of racing uh, over the last at least six months. Right. Now, we ran across you because you're involved in a new series that we've been talking about on the podcast, and you're a, a listener. Uh, we knew that as well. And so this new series that you're involved in is the NASCAR Ignite series, and it's for, uh, what is it, 14 to 16-year-old? Uh, how old are you, Spencer? Yeah, it's for 13 through 16-year-old drivers. I am personally 16, so uh, I kind of have to get as most of it as this year as I can because it'll be my only shot at it. All right, so let's briefly go over your results. Uh, so you've had one start so far, and you finished P2, right? Correct. Nice run. And so tell us a little bit about that run. Uh, you know, where did you start, and what kind of challenges did you have in that event to get a P2? Okay, yeah. So, you know, we, we started second. We, I knew it was a little bit faster. Um, I knew I probably had a shot at the leader. Um, not too far in, but I was working with the guy in third just because I do run with him on the regular. And um, there was, it was just insane. There was people out there that, uh, you know, either just didn't have business being out there. And I think there was a lot of troll trolling going on with uh, guys just intentionally wrecking. And uh, there was one guy that waited in the front stretch for uh, – the leader and missed and took out the guy in second uh luckily it wasn't me at that point um we ended up finishing second but um it was definitely a lot of luck playing into that just trying to survive the race yikes yeah i also got the impression that i racing was watching uh these races carefully as well so kind of surprised to hear about intentional wrecking uh but well do you, my next question about the NASCAR, and we'll talk about the Ignite series a little bit later, but my next question is, do you have any idea where it's going to lead to? I know you got a P2 now and there's several other events, but what happens if you win or what happens if you do well? Do you have any clue? They haven't 
released anything official. Um, I think with it being a full NASCAR sponsored ra- or uh, series, that it's going to give you a lot of recognition if you do win it. And I think that you might get a shot in some type of IRL racing, but uh, it, yeah, I'm not really sure what exactly it'll lead to. But it'll definitely get your name out there uh, pretty widely if you uh, win this series. Yeah, and at least a trophy, I'm sure. Yeah, at least a trophy. I do know that they're giving out. They will give out a trophy. Yeah, how cool would that be to have a NASCAR sanctioned trophy? That would be awesome. Do they check your ID? Um, actually, <laughs> that's uh, what they're going to be doing later on in the season. Um, if you make it to the playoffs, if you're one of the top 50 drivers, I do believe that they want you to send in a picture of some type of ID and a uh, picture of yourself just uh, to make sure that you are the age that you say you are, just because... All you're doing when you sign into these races is uh, clicking a button that says that you legally agree that you are this age. So um, there could be definitely could be people out there uh, that are not (laughs) of age, but um, I I don't think it'll last too long. Well, fingers crossed. (laughs) Yeah, if they get, uh, you know, far enough, like you said, to the playoff portion, yeah, they're going to figure out who these people are and. If they catch you and find out that they're not, they're going to suspend your account probably. So, I've heard, so I read something like that in the forums. Yeah, I would, I would at least hope that they would be doing that, just because you know this is, uh, this is definitely a series for some of us younger guys that can't really afford to go race um, in real life. You know, speaking of something like that, a legend, you know, racing legends on here, you know, it costs fifteen, twenty thousand dollars just to start. Um, racing in legend cars right now and a lot of uh, a lot of people they just cannot afford that at the you know and it just doesn't work so um you know this is a good shot for a lot of us younger people to uh, try to get your name out there and uh see what you can do and it's it's pretty amazing that you're able to do it off of all off of a computer yeah so that's the new nascar ignite series what else do you often run or um i also i also run a lot of uh you know, usually C class through A class uh, fixed fixed racing. I run open every once in a while. Uh, run NIS here and there at tracks I like. But uh, recently, I've been doing a lot of league racing with uh, the Dynasty Racing League. Uh, I, I recommend anybody listening to go check that league out. It's a uh, it's a great league. Great people um, broadcasted every single race. Uh, very fun. It's a good place to be, and a lot of good guys and a lot of fast, uh, really good drivers in there too. Okay, cool. Yeah. And uh, tell us about your hardware setup. I mean, what kind of wheels and pedals do you have? How many monitors? Third-party software? Okay, yeah. So my setup, I run a G920 wheel with the uh, Logitech shifter, but I do run the Fanatec uh, CSL load cell pedals um, all put together on a um, Rick Motech custom-built uh, RS1 chassis with a NRG racing seat um, uh, to top it all off. I don't actually use monitors. I run the Oculus Rift uh, for my VR setup. Um, definitely cannot recommend that enough. Go If you're choosing between triple monitors or uh, Oculus Rift, I highly recommend going to Oculus. I do nice. not really run any third-party softwares. Uh, I was running sim racing apps for a little bit just because of the the speed thing and that it just didn't it didn't suit me i'd rather just run it straight up it just less to deal with in my opinion yep yep okay and uh what's your most memorable iRacing moment oh 
uh, most memorable. It, it's got to be my first win at Darlington and uh, the C-Fix truck. So I guess that wouldn't be my first win. That would be my second win. But uh, that was probably my favorite moment uh, going there to Darlington, which is one of my favorite tracks. And uh, just uh, I believe I started second or third in that race and dominating the entire race. It was uh, it was it was really cool for me to go do that, especially at a track like Darlington where. Uh, you know, you're racing the track as much as you're racing anybody else on the on it. All right, very good. I I can't imagine that. You know, I'm I'm 40. I'm gonna date myself. I'm 47 years old. But if I when I was 16, if I had something like i racing to uh, to learn racecraft on and prepare for real life racing, man, I would be stoked because I used to race back then. I used to race uh, off road Honda Odysseys in the Mickey Thompson off-road series. And, uh, but I can't imagine, uh, you know, having iRacing uh, as a young adult like that and, and, you know, the potential it opens up. So good luck to you in the NASCAR Ignite series, and it's been fun learning about that. And as we go through, you know, we'll have you back, and uh, hopefully you can get a win. Yeah, definitely hoping for a win. I think we'll be able to definitely get one throughout the series. Um, currently 42nd in points or somewhere in there, which means we are uh, in playoff position at the moment. You know, we're close, but, uh, you know, being, being getting a second place finish is, uh, it, it's it's pretty good, but I uh, definitely need to go out there and get quite a few wins if you want to win the series. All right, cool. All right, let's uh, jump into the next thing. Uh, NIS, NASCAR iRacing Series off week. Uh, so Sonoma is next. We'll talk about that on the next podcast. So we'll move right into topics. Tony, you're first. All right. Well, first up is, uh, racing, uh, the Grand Prix, uh, world championship series, uh, Martin Kroenke and Gregor Hutu battle in the pits at Silverstone trading positions a few times. Kroenke would end up winning the race. Sorry, winning with the rate. (laughs) <laughs> he had the best strategy. Um, Peter Berryman uh, comes up third place, and uh, Mitchell DeJong ends up uh, P4, uh, three spots higher on the grid than he qualified. Um, are any of you guys watching this? I, I am not, but... It's uh, early Saturday. Okay, okay. But, I mean, we, we've we've talked about it last week, talked about it this week, and it sounds like some pretty uh, some pretty good racing going on. I I watched it a little bit. It's uh definitely good racing, but um there's a lot of strategy involved. Um all the passes for the lead were all made in the pits with pit calls. Typical F one. Yeah, they do a great job simulating F one for sure. Um <laughs> definitely do a good job there. But yeah, it's it's entertaining. The points are tied. DeJong and Hutu are tied. Pretty crazy. Yeah, but, I think they mentioned this is going to be Mitchell DeJong's kind of only chance to go for this championship. I guess he has some uh, real-life driving commitments that he probably won't be able to do it next year. So this is kind of him giving it his all this year. So makes it entertaining. Definitely takes a lot to beat Hutu. Oh, yeah. that's And Kroenke, you know, and everybody else. Uh... Hutu's been a name for the last, like, 10 years, 9, 10 years here. Yeah. They don't call me alien for no reason. <laughs> All right, we're going to skip uh, Pete because they are off this week. They'll do Sonoma next week. 
Will, what's next? Yeah, we have the World of Outlaw Sprint Cars. We're back this week, and Alex Bergeron uh, makes it three World of Outlaw wins in a row. Um, so, actually, false. That was late models. I did not update that. But, yeah, no, he um, led dominating fashion at Eldora. It was a pretty much single-groove racetrack most of the race, which kind of took away from the fun a little bit. But they were um, they were still fighting for that real estate up there. And it, a couple times, leader made a mistake, got in the fence, and... Alex got underneath them, took it away, and kind of ran away with it. So, good racing considering the conditions they were given. That Bergeron going out there uh, week in and week out, always being one of the best cars out there on dirt. And I currently, I don't think there's anybody better on the virtual dirt. <laughs> and not only dirt, any kind of car, really. I mean, the kid is awesome. Yeah, very yeah, fast. Road driver. racing's good. Yeah, road racing ovals i mean he's a pro oval driver so all right well good job alex uh next topic all of a sudden with no fanfare we have a brief announcement seventeen thousand dollar i racing rallycross world championship has been announced it starts tonight in about 45 minutes from now <laughs> uh, they have a schedule it looks like it runs every couple weeks, sometimes every three weeks, uh, through October 25th. And there's no title sponsor. It's called iRacing Rally Cross. I don't know where the $17,000 purse comes from, but apparently they have a purse. I would they must uh, have sold like a lot of Subarus. <laughs> I would like to ask your guys' opinion. What do you guys think about the Scott Speed being allowed into uh, the World Championship, being not working for the pro license at all, um, being banned from iRacing from the last four months, and uh, being basically the face of the series um, after being banned from iRacing? Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? Uh, that was also announced today that Scott Speed would be participating, even though he did not qualify for this series and apparently you, we, you had to qualify that was over the i don't remember when it was it was for over several weeks maybe a month or two ago we were talking about this earlier and i said they used to do that a lot in the peak series when they were trying to get it going Earnhardt would show up and he was allowed in no matter what i uh, don't i think don't correct me if i'm wrong but i think he was allowed in he didn't have his pro license stuff he was just like a special guest in but this is controversial probably because of the fact that, you know, he was kicked out of iRacing for a bit. If it was anyone else, we wouldn't be talking about it. Uh, that's... You know, I agree with that. I think if it was any other rallycross driver that didn't make a name for himself already by being, you know, blatantly, you know, wrecking people and aggressive towards other people on iRacing, I don't think anybody would mind. But uh, the way he's acted and uh, been very belligerent to uh, other drivers, it's just been... It's kind of sad to see iRacing kind of back down from their their status on them. Yeah, well, and uh, it, you know what? Uh, what's his name? Uh, iRacing Myers on Twitter, uh, also known as Steve Myers from the iRacing staff, has been all over Twitter today defending his decision to allow Scott Speed. And there were several Twitters about uh, he, uh, clarifying he wasn't banned. He was only suspended, and it was a temporary suspension. And they now, treat him just like any other driver. Here's an observation I was thinking about too. The reason they might be 
he, the way he's so adamant about it, do you think they might be trying to use Scott Speed to get, you know, maybe there's some sponsor or something. Look, look, we got him in the thing. We can get money from this sponsor because he's in it. No, I mean, he also said on Twitter, uh, Myers did, the reason that, uh, another reason that he added him or the reason they added him was they want somebody to compete with Mitchell DeJong, which we just talked about, you know, who runs the F1. He, Mitchell DeJong is a real rallycross driver. He actually qualified. He ran the qualifying uh, series to get into this event. And so he's afraid, you know, he basically said on Twitter, Mitchell would continue to win all the races and nobody would be able to compete with him. And he did it for the fans. Let's add Scott Speed for the fans so they'd have a good show. I highly doubt that was 100% for the fans. I feel like this puts iRacing in a win-win situation. They're going to have a bunch of people check out the broadcast. One, to see if Scott Speed does Scott Speed things. Um, if he does, that's going to be a lot of publicity, good or bad. It's still publicity. Or on the flip side, him and DeJong or whoever put on a really good show, and this is iRacing's way to say, see, he's not that bad of a guy. So I think they're in a win-win situation. They might have upset some of the drivers, but this was always in the rules that they could do this. Um, I don't think it's good as a competitor, but as a fan, I think it's great. Um, but not for good racing, just for the drama alone. Yeah, let me read a couple uh, quotes off Twitter from Steve Myers. Here's one. Scott has done far more good for iRacing than bad. Rallycross on iRacing would not exist without his help, and he has never asked for a penny from us. I am sleeping just fine with this decision. And then he believe, says, I don't believe uh, that one tweet one bit. He's done more bad than good. He says, uh, Connor Harrington called him out. He said, wrong, Connor. We treat everyone the same. Scott was suspended just like anybody else would be. He did his time, and now he is free to use the service just like anyone else would. And then he says, I would not put him in a world championship series if he was not world championship ca- caliber. He is world championship caliber and maybe the only one that will give Mitchell DeJong a run for his money. So in the end, it was for the fans. Now, I think this is going to raise a great question. You know, the, these IRL drivers, you know, how good are this, these great sim racers? Are, are they going to be able to keep up with these IRL drivers or maybe even be better than uh, some of the IRL drivers? It's going to be interesting to see uh, who's able to do what in this championship series. I think it might actually be something to watch. Well, Logan Clampett is really fast. Um, Alex Bergeron's really fast. They're going to be able to keep up with Mitchell and uh, and Scott. Yeah, it's I definitely think. crazy to see these uh, guys like Bergeron and uh, all these other drivers that are so good on ovals and then come over to um rally cross which is you know if you're a dirt driver it's you know it's you can't even compare the two the two styles they're completely different um just because they're both on dirt it just doesn't they're not the same at all so it's it's amazing to see that these drivers are so good in so many different disciplines it's uh it's it's definitely crazy here's the thing on the scott speed decision my take is you know what whatever iRacing does they need to be consistent on it going forward when we have a championship series if they add a real life championship driver of that same series without qualifying in then 
they've set precedent. So they need to do that going forward. So if they have the peak series and Dale Jr. wants to sit in a race, well, they're going to let him because he's been a cup driver all his life. Or somebody like that, a William Byron or somebody like that. I think they it would could. be great to see some of these drivers come in there. I think it gives these uh I think it gives the series a great bit of publicity and you know, in any other case, but the Scott Speed incident, I, I've I've always agreed that yeah, this is great publicity for the service itself and for the streams, but I do not I just don't think the Scott Speed thing is uh it just doesn't seem right that the way he's acted. <laughs> I think they kind of had the right idea last year when they had those four invitational races. They had guys like uh, Ty Majeski, Denny Hamlin, Bubba Wallace, Kyle Larson. I think racing those guys the same night as the pros, but make it invitational. Make it a special event. Promote that. Don't let somebody from the outside who put no effort to get there ruin somebody else's championship. Um, they definitely have the tools to do so, so I don't know why they don't take advantage of them. It's amazing how this discussion on line, online racing is the same as the NASCAR with the Xfinity and the trucks. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually that's pretty funny that you say that because, I mean, it is, you know, in the, those series, it's, you know, a lot of fans are trying to figure out what they, what they're, what they're wanting, what they're, what the fans want, whether they're going to let guys like Kyle Busch come down and dominate every other week or uh, keep them out. You know, if Scott hadn't wrecked that guy a few months ago and got himself suspended, I don't think we'd be talking about this. I think we'd be saying this is a good thing. You're pretty much right on that one, Mike. It's it's just a controversy, and that's how it's always going to be. Well, you know, and I understand that Steve Myers had to make a, de- a decision, and it was probably a tough one because it would nobody would have blamed Steve Myers if they said, you know what, we're going to pass Scott Speed because of what happened a few months ago. You know, that kind of tainted your name a little bit, and uh, we don't want that associated with our new event here. And it would, and nobody would have faulted Steve Myers if they would have passed on Scott Speed being in this event. But do you think they asked Scott Speed to be there, or do you think Scott Speed asked to be there? I don't know what Scott gains from being there. Um, it's been nothing but negative publicity for him. Um, I almost feel like iRacing wants him there more than probably he wants to be there. I know he has a lot of effort getting the cars the way they are, and he did a lot of development work, but I just that part kind of makes me curious. I got something to say quick. What, what about maybe him putting up the money for the championship? Yeah, we don't know where the money came from. Yeah. I I feel like there's going to be a lot of sponsors that are, you know, there might not be huge title sponsors like the Peak Series, but if you look at, you know, especially on the dirt side of things, if you looked at the other night, um, they had a, I want to say it was a $5,400 prize night for modified races, um, being the highest paying race that uh, iRacing's ever had for a single event. And uh, there was no real tighter. There was one title sponsor on it for it was, but uh, you know, you look at the other dirt racing, um, like the World Outlaw Series. There's no title like sponsor, as in a um, like a peak or anything like that on there either. So, how about the video they put out? I mean, the, it got me pumped. I told the team, 
Man, I was pumped up after watching that video. It looks like so much fun. and uh, It looks like they stole your paint job, too, there, Mike. Yeah, I saw that. I was wondering if that was actually my car. That was the same template I used when I made it. I just don't know how they knew to get those two colors put together. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the video, again, top, top quality. iRacing's really knocking them out of the park. Um, very well done. Uh, it's like a TV commercial, you know? Yeah, that's definitely what they're going for. The replay with the replay cameras and everything at this point. That I mean, it's it, you can't tell the difference um, in the replays anymore. I know it looks like real stuff. Uh, well, I'll be interested to kind of see where that who who does well and is Scott going to win or is he going to dominate or is it going to be Mitchell? I we'll see. Thinking, just thinking there. Uh... Obviously, uh, iRacing did exactly what it wanted. It made us talk for about 10 minutes about this topic. Well, any publicity is good publicity, yeah. Well, we know that Scott Speed was on site at iRacing headquarters because it had him in the video in the offices when he announced it. And uh, and we, we knew he was up there the, uh, a couple weeks ago because there were some pictures of him there. Well, we also got to remember that he... he, he... You know, we say that he didn't do a lot for it, but I, I, I do believe that there would not be a um, rally cross series if it wasn't for Scott Speed, uh, him going in there and giving a a lot of knowledge about how the physics work um, on the on that type of racing. Um, from what they're saying, they've completely nailed it. I do not know a whole lot about rally racing, but um, I mean, it seems it seems pretty legit. They're definitely hard to drive. <laughs> okay, let's jump to the next topic, Greg. All right, we'll go through this one quickly. It's just for uh, the hot fixes that were uh, released the other day. Um, just talking about a couple bugs that they were quickly going through uh, that fixed the bug to that caused uh, heat races to run as regular races. Uh, fixed the bug with the LMP1 setup. We're not transferring with drivers. Uh, the dirt midget. The left side arm guard panel may now be removed. Or add an option to the iRacing or is added to the option of the iRacing garage, and the IMSA Raceway oval open dog leg fixed uh, fixed missing pit exit check uh, checkpoint, causing there to be no pit exit rule. Uh, there's also another thing there that there was we found that some season three setups for on the schedule some tracks with the setups were not uh, completed yet in that build. So that's just part of the hot fixes. Yeah, if you don't have a set for a uh, series that is available, you have to go on the forums and find those sets. They're publishing them as they're coming out. So like the K&N cars, uh, apparently they forgot to publish the, the setup, so they put them on the forums. I almost wish they'd update those things more often, try to keep up with the physics and all the updates they give. All right, Tony. What's next? Well, uh, this is a this is a great topic, and and we've been warned on our on our sheet there not to let us Canadians spend too much time on this. But um, there's a, a Facebook uh, post showing uh, iRacing uh, sponsoring a, a, a Pinty's car, which is the uh, the Canadian NASCAR series. Um, really cool looking car uh, from a probably one of the best racing uh team racing names ever 
Um, they, they call themselves Canada's best racing team incorporated. Um, it's kind of a, you know, a, a throwback to the days of thunder and the cold trickle car with the, uh, the paint scheme and I racing's, uh, names all over it. Um, that quickly, uh, you know, turned into some discussion on the forums. Um, you know, people asking like, Hey, uh, are we, could we be looking at a, at a new series? Um, you know, new car, you know, how cool would that be? And, uh, you know, they, um, they, they, they message back saying they're, they're actually working on it. Stay tuned. Um, now that was, that was posted by Canada's best racing team. Um, man, that, that, that could be, that could be really neat. Like this is a, this is a pretty crazy series. I mean, it's all, you know, it's, it's road tracks and, and short tracks. And, uh, some of those tracks are really short. Like there, there's, um, a racetrack, uh, not too far away from where I live. And it's a, an eighth mile track. These guys come to, I think, I think they're only here once a year. Um, but man, oh man, it's, uh, it is some really good racing. Now, now when you guys were talking about this, I had no, I don't have a clue what you're talking about. It's Pinty, P-I-N-T-Y. Yeah, brand, that's right. It's sponsored by a brand of chicken wings. Yeah, they, okay. they are good, man. They are good. <laughs> so that's a sponsor. Okay, I get it. Uh, all right, I've never heard of the Pinty series until this came up and you guys were talking about it. I'm like, okay. Is, is this the Cascar series? Is that yeah, what it it's, is? Yeah, it used to be called Cascar. It's now Pinty. Aha. Like, it used to be the Canadian Tire series before Pinty's took over, too. Okay, I was wondering that, too. I've never heard of it, and I guess that's why. And these are like cup cars from like five years ago or something, right? No, they're like... They're like a di whole different body on... Okay, so they got their thing. own rule. Right, yeah, they seem much wider than they... I think they're, they, play in a, they play in a small rule base where they, you know, they can't do much to them. They're basically built in one way and then they do their basic, basic stuff to them. One That's of a the good question whether they should, they should do that in uh, the Monster Energy series where, you know, they build them to a specific quality where everybody's running you know a lot of it being the same um what do you guys think whether that be a good or a bad thing uh for the series yeah that's a tough tough call this is the same thing about i'm not gonna get i'm gonna i'm a, not a road guy completely but f1 these are supposed to be the best cars in the best division it's the same as the f1 why do we have to dull down make make them work for what they're doing right if it's a premier series you don't want to i rock i say if they want to cut costs and like you know the racing in the truck series is perfect like they race really well in the truck series with the talent they got there and they keep costs low it helps people race more to get into the cup but the cup is all about spending money and they want to save money but it's the same with f1 f1 wants to dull the cars down and do certain things like that you're supposed to be engineers and that you know that's what there's that's what everybody paid years ago when f1 came around everybody wanted to see what an engineer could come up with if they thought about it and what they could put into it when you had money but now you got everybody wants them in a pack and all together and then when they're in a pack all together they'll want them all apart well so. i think the hard thing is if you put them in a really tight rule box they still have engineers they still have money to spend so they're going to spend money on other things like pick guns and they're going to yeah. spend money no matter what so the more more rules you give them 
you almost kind of make them spend more money to work around it. If it was more open, you could at that point as a team decide, hey, do we focus on bodies? Do we focus on engines? What are, what's our focus as a team? And it, it'll all level out because once somebody develops something, they're all going to catch on quick. But the tighter and tighter you make that box and the less advantage you can actually see as a spectator, as a fan, takes away that ingenuity, which I think takes away from the sport as a whole. So if we get this added, uh, iRacing, what is it, a B or a C class? Probably. I would say it could be even a D. Like, it could be just above, like, because they don't really have... A late model. The, like, it's like in the late model category because the tracks are small. The cars probably won't have much to do setup-wise on them, so you could probably have a fixed or an open series that you do on it. And they're fun cars, like because they, they race at the tra- like the, the Canadian Motorsports Park where the trucks go right. in September. They race there at the same weekend that they're there. And, so short oval and road. Well, the, the Canadian Sports is the road course, right? So that's like one of the fastest. It's got one of the longest straightaways for a road course. But they do short oval too, right? Yeah, and and the and the racing is really exciting to watch. It's just it's it, if I racing did do it. The tracks are really simple to scan. There's not much like there. A lot of our racetracks are in open farm fields, right? So like they're that's what you got. The problem with Canada is you know we have the weather in the winter time that screws up a lot of the tracks. Yeah, I would I say good they question. could do. Sorry, I was gonna say they could do something like they do with the Indy cars. They could have a fixed oval, like maybe a C or D class, um, and then they could have it be like a road license for the main series that does run on both road and oval. Um, we kind of see that right now with the IndyCar series we have. Okay, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to ask, whether whether they would make it a um, – what series would they make it into? Because, you know, it's such a half and half what between oval and road racing that it would be hard to just put it into oval or um, road racing. Yeah, personally, I think it should be fixed and an A-class. Like – yeah, definitely A and fix, is my opinion. Yeah, but you don't want it. It's got to be a series you climb up. Like, when people first, like, it, it's different for all of us that we've been on this sim for six months to a year and stuff. I don't know if you remember, Mike, when the progression is, you know, like when I first started in 20, or in 2009, you had to do that progression and you weren't allowed to advance like you are nowadays. It's so much easier to advance nowadays. Back then, you actually had to race a full series to get out of it. And Correct. there was no fast tracking. Yeah, and there's the fast tracking didn't exist until like I think twenty twelve. So you had to race a full season before you could even get a license. And if you didn't even have your license qualified by the end of that season, you'd have to do it all over again. So it was that's where you actually had to go up. And then this whole generation of we gotta get going through these things licenses faster. That's why iRacing catered and changed that's why some of these things are so hard to drive now because they let people that not learn to drive a, a car like like us right now. We could hop in. Someone that just got on the series could basically hop into a dirt late model, race for a week, and then move up. And you know, one week at a time, they could go to a next series. And that's what's the problem is you know you, you don't learn your craft on one car. And then you know you're sitting in the forums asking for setups and learning that stuff. Man, I I spent hours just tweaking one thing or here trying to get better in those series i spent i spent probably a season and a half just in the truck series yep 
Well, that, you know, that's also another great question where, whether, you know, there's, there's certain drivers, you know, like myself, I mean, I've been a part of the service for it going on a year now and I, you know, it was fairly easy for me to go ahead and get my, a, my A-class license. But at this point I can drive confidently any, any vehicle on the service and with, you know, with fair, fairly decent you know to low amount of practice at any track i can run top five with you know top split races can i ask you a question spencer if you if it was back the way it used to be this is just just because obviously you're 16 back when i got on i was early 20s so at your at 16 right now if you had to wait a full season to go from rookie to d to c to would your attention get lost in this sim? You know, I, I think that's a good question, and I'm not exactly sure how it would have worked out because I think if I had to stay in rookie and the rookie series or D series for those long amounts of time, it, it would have drawn me away from the sim because, you know, a lot of times in those rookie or D class races, they're really not fun. The only reason you're running them, it feels like, is just to go ahead and get that C-class license or get that next license class so that you don't have to deal with, you know, the people that are just there that have no idea what they're doing. But, uh, I, you know, I, I don't think I would have stayed on the service, to be perfectly honest with you, if I had to stay, you know, a full season just to get out of rookie and then a full season to get out of D-class. Yep. All right, well, let's move on to the next one. Uh, Will, you got rain updates? Yeah, so we got some information on the forums this week. Um, Tony Gardner posted. Um, they basically mentioned that they're working on adding different tire compounds. Um, that is going to be something they're going to have to do before we have rain. Um, so that is kind of what they're working on that. He did mention they don't expect uh, rain to be a feature that's released in 2018. So we're definitely looking at 2019 sometime, hopefully early on, but 2019 at least uh, to get rain. Um, somebody also mentioned uh, hydroplaning confirmed, and Tony Tony basically said yes. Um, right now we're working on the polish effect for rain. Um, it should change the normal race line. Um, he basically said you could read a whole book about it. But um, yeah, so rain, hydroplaning, that's all confirmed. Uh, they are working on it, but the first thing we're going to have to get through is actually having different tire com compounds. So it's a, it's a work in progress sometime, hopefully, early next year, but definitely not this year. And the comment from Tony, yeah, the comment from Tony does give you a clue about why the new version of tire model might have been late. Because he the way he says it, he says... Yes, that. but right now he is working on the polish effect for rain. Now, he is David Kamer, the guy who does the tire model. It sounds like maybe he got sidetracked with this polish effect thing, and he's working on that at the moment. Well, this, if... this is absolutely huge for, you know, 24-hour races and things like that. You know, with the day-night cycle coming in and then a, you know, maybe a rain... Uh, coming down at certain parts of the race and then it drying and, and things like that, that that's, that's absolutely huge. It's going to be huge. Endurance races. It, it's going to change absolutely everything for the entire race. Um, I think it's going to be amazing to be perfectly honest with you. The roadside's good. The roadside has some like really good potential stuff coming for them just to do stuff. 
because it obviously on ovals it won't affect us so the tire model will but those some of those subtle changes there will increase people's like you know you were talking there spencer you've been on um project cars they you know they do a pretty good job to depicting rain as much as they can in a simulator or their their thing it you know it entices you to do more so it might draw people in on the roadside with this stuff yeah i definitely agree with that the endurance series you know with the tire mo you know i racing having arguably the best tire model out there um by a long shot um you know it, then you're going to be able to bring in the day-night cycle and with uh, with rain, which plays a factor in a lot of these um, longer endurance races and project cars or, you know, other sims. Um, it's definitely going to change everything on iRacing. And I think it's going to be a lot more enjoyable for a lot of the drivers. It's going to, especially in these long races where, you know, you're running the same line the entire time, it's going to mix things up a lot. Could make uh, even make the uh, couple of road courses that cup cars go to for a while. Interesting. Uh, drying track, yeah, that really sounds fun. I'm not sure if they've said anything about that yet, but I mean, I'd assume if they're going to implement, knowing iRacing, if they're going to implement something like this, they're going to go ahead and do it 100% at the start. Oh yeah, they might. It might be something that they add on later, just if they ask, if somebody asks for it. All right, but he did say not in 2018 on the rain stuff. So we know we have day-night coming this year, but rain would be maybe next year. Yeah, hopefully before the uh, next year's 24-hour Le Mans, maybe. <laughs> All right, what's next, Greg? Uh, go through this one quickly as well, because it's iRacing posted. Uh, they got some uh, merchandise here, a T-shirt. Um promoting the peak series it looks like and they're not bad looking shirts but uh i guess the biggest problem that some people were saying is uh, the t-shirt got the uh, camaro before we did so it was kind of making there's that's people funny looking fun at, at the t-shirt i didn't notice that the first time that it that it does have the the new camaro on there a teammate of ours noticed that it was the 2018 camaro with the 2016 camry so, the shirts look pretty thing. good. Shirts are nice, uh, that, but that is that is very funny. So the okay. website is r-rracewear.com. All right, I got the next one. Uh, Dale Jr. is back on Twitter praising iRacing again this week. Uh, Jeff Cluck. Jeff Gluck pointed out comments made by David Reagan discussing the age of just keep all the four wheels on the track is over, and he continued to point out the overall improvement of NASCAR drivers on road courses. Dale Jr. posted he felt iRacing is the best tool to learn the road course disciplines and techniques. He did mention it using to learn shift, braking, and throttle points, but he also pointed out while teams have multi-million dollar simulators, they don't emulate the human competition that iRacing can. Very cool. Very cool stuff. Well, if you think about it, this is what I was saying when we were having the conversation. Even if for a person like me, who I, I, I work nights, so like I said, I'm not home till late in the night. When I do my practices on a session, I go into a practice session by myself. Usually there's nobody in it to gauge anything off of. Even if there was an option with you know having... Somebody, you learn more when you have somebody 
in there with you. You know, you can learn what you're doing wrong or you can compare yourself. Sometimes it, you can break, learn the track by muscle memory driving around all you want. But if that guy's in your line, you got to figure somewhere else to go. Yeah, I'd say like even on my front, I raced uh, go-karts and basically stuff on dirt ovals for years. I hadn't done it for about four years when I started iRacing. And I would say within a month or two of iRacing and racing around other cars, I felt I could confidently get back in a car and do just as good, if not better, than when I got out of a car. Um, so not solely my driving ability, but my ability to run in a pack, run around people, see the moves that were being made. Um, he's absolutely right. Like the human element iRacing gives is phenomenal because I mean you're racing another person um at the other end of that connection it's it's impressive well and you're practicing race strategy when do you pit you know are you going to short pit is a green cycle stops uh do you go when the leader comes do you wait a lap I mean there's so many little things that racecraft and repetition of going through these races teach you and uh, that's what he's really talking about uh Kudos to Dale Jr. Also, uh, Kaz Grala, an Xfinity driver, he also jumped in on Twitter about, on this conversation and said he learned the basics of dirt racing last year for the Eldora Speedway uh, purely on iRacing. So he was going to iRacing, uh, excuse me, he was going to the uh, Eldora Speedway in the truck series. Uh, he learned the track on iRacing, and that's the only time he had seen it before he arrived there for his first race. And if I do remember correctly, he did he did very well. Yeah. All right, and uh, the fun part, uh, Alan Cavana, uh, Fox Sports reporter, he tweeted a photo of NASCAR uh, from 1994, a Papyrus NASCAR game, which uh, sparked some nostalgia conversations. The best was Dale Jr. again. He said... To race online, you had to call Massachusetts. I'd race all night. I shared a double-wide trailer with my brother, Kerry. Never uh, will forget the look on his face when we got that first $450 phone bill. Oh, boy. Hey, Mike, do you remember that uh, 1994 NASCAR? We used to race that all the time. Yeah, that's what you taught me how to race on, actually. Back in the day of modems. You had to call a phone number to get internet. Man, I remember getting my friends always call a second time to make sure that they can get through because of that damn thing. That internet was terrible because of that too. It was that I remember that. That's that's what made me fall in love with NASCAR. Yeah, that was amazing. That was I think that was the first racing game that allowed you to flip and had damage model or something like that. So back in the day, the the problem was you could run up a, f- a four hundred and fifty dollar phone bill because you had to call to get connected for the game. Uh, these days, the teenagers they just run out of internet data on their cellular, right? Yeah, only only on a cell phone. I mean, I've never never ran out of internet on uh, running iRacing. <laughs> it's a good thing for unlimited uh, internet. Yep. All right. Well, pretty cool, Dale Junior. Uh, uh, very involved on Twitter there. Tony, what's next? Uh, this is a really uh, really quick one. Um, just a question. Uh, why does iRacing limit the number of car types? Alexander Horn hopped in the forums this week, clarifying why iRacing has a six-car limit. Um, 
and uh, just to clarify, that's six types of cars, not six total, obviously. Um, as one might guess, it is a matter of systems not being able to reliably handle all the data given off the car. Um, and you can find more info about that on the on the frequently asked questions page, or uh, find the link in our show notes. It's really a fascinating topic and thread um, because if they had opened it up and you know, okay, we can allow twenty different kinds of cars. It's possible iRacing could do that, but your computer wouldn't handle it, and that's really what the the conversation is. They're they're like, there's no way. Computers today would not be able to handle it at all. Yeah, that's an interesting question. Uh, but you know, like these uh, endurance series, they fit. Are they going to be able to? You know, once they they scan more cars in, are they going to be able to handle more cars? Maybe to keep you know the growing number of cars for the endurance series. Uh, well, part of the discussion I was reading in the thread was. Uh, as we make the sim more uh, less graphic intensive, they make it more efficient. Then they can re- they'll increase that number from to seven to eight and so on. Would that like have to- Ferrari just got booted because of the Porsche, right? Or a GTE? It's only yeah. six total. Yeah. I was going to say that's going to probably come in the iRacing interface. Not they won't be on this web browser then. Are they gonna? I mean, they would have to keep. Are there? I'm gonna assume they add the LMP1 cars, right? Um, for the endurance series, um, as one of the one of the cars. Yeah, and then the tracks that we're talking about are huge, like Le Mans, the biggest track out there. Uh, another quick tidbit here: he says each additional car type in a session uses about 150 megabytes of video memory and 275 megabytes of system memory. So six car types consumes about one gigabyte of your video memory. Damn. Two, that's two gigabytes right there. So that's why they uh, recommend a two gig card? At a minimum, right. Yeah, especially, you know, a lot of us VR guys, once we do have to, uh, we have to pay attention to things like that much. You know, you're running a 1080 Ti or something like that. You you kind of have to do pay attention to your graphic settings, uh, you know, because I'm only running, uh, I believe, a 980 or a uh, RX 480, I believe, uh, with the eight eight gigabyte overclock edition, and you know I have it pretty everything set pretty high, but you know there's certain things that you do have to pay attention to, uh, mainly shadows and things like that that'll really kill frame rate. Yep. All right, next, Will. Road to new damage. Yeah, so we um we got a lot of information as far as where they're headed for the new damage model. Um, senior software engineer Richard Joblin, I hope I pronounced that right. Um, he basically wrote an article about where they stand with the new damage model. They went into a lot of detail as far as what we have now, uh, how it works, what issues we see now, and what they're working on for the future. Um, and a lot of it actually, I is surprising it they has to do with the cones we like to run over um so he has a really a ton of information almost more than we could come up here um i think it was really cool they shared all that but they didn't give any kind of release date or plan um but yeah it was a really good read you could definitely find it the link in our show notes are on iracing.com slash or forward slash road dash new dash damage 
It's uh, that, it's a good read. A it gives you a flavor of how much really goes into it. It's it's more complicated than you would think. And um, I mean, one of the neat pictures that he did post was a photo with all the different car parts that can be broken off, broken off. And so they show like a Mazda uh, car here, a Skip Barber car, and they show like the wheel can come off, the nose cone, uh, the actual nose, the the rear wing, and so forth. And uh, pretty cool. And, and then they also talk about how they're changing the system right now. They use spears and like round uh, spears to dictate, you know, when you make a collision, if it gets damaged, now it's going to be switched to polygons. And so the polygons will make it a little bit easier to not have sticky walls, which is a common problem in iRacing. Uh, hopefully sticky walls will go away with this new system. Uh, they're Definitely hoping. need that to be gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, um, they also mentioned you should see uh, less 4X and 2Xs for minor collisions. Right now, the spears, even if they don't fully touch, if their areas like overlap, that's what generates that, from what I could tell in the uh, forum post. So by these new polygons, they're going to be able to get more accurate representations of how much contact we do make. So I think that would be good for those kind of ghost 4Xs we're seeing. So yeah, I can't spear Mike anymore. <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. Gonna, right. That's going to be play a big role on some of these short tracks. That uh, you know, you take a lot of four X's from very slight contact. When you know, you know, you're on a one lane track, so like Martinsville, you know, sometimes you got to use that bumper of the guy in front of you. And, I would love uh, to you be know, able a lot to of times that. you don't hit them very hard, but you do get that four X. Yep. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, next topic is By uh, William Byron posted up, well, actually with Hendrick Motorsports, Twittered a short video of William Byron uh, asking, uh, why do you do that? And uh, why uh, does William Byron still fire up iRacing from time to time? And and he tells us. So it's a interesting little video that just kind of, you know, promote iRacing and I guess William Byron. He's been a interesting one to watch in the NASCAR series this year. Just, you know, we're coming back on the second half of the season. I'm really interested to see how he does when he redoes a track now, because he's been that that Chevy team's getting better. Well, I mean, he did really good in trucks and Xfinity, you know, and you got to give him that. He hasn't, you know, really performed greatly in Cup yet, but like you said, he's coming around to the second time to these tracks and. But you know, at the end of the day, he did. He does have a sponsor. He brought the sponsor. I mean, that's a big reason he probably has it. Well, I mean, he also won the the Xfinity series and the uh, he won the series too, both on his first his first year driving it, and you know, going to a lot of these tracks on his first time. And, and he gives a, his a lot of credit to iRacing, um, just like what Dale Jr. was saying for these drivers that haven't been to a track before, uh, seeing it first time uh you know you get a lot of you get a lot of learn so much off of iRacing breaking points and things like that that you just can't replace um it's really amazing what they what iRacing does for the these drivers 
All right, let's keep cruising. Uh, next, hardware, software, uh, a new motion cockpit. Well, I don't know if it's new, but it's new to me. DOF Reality Motion Simulator. They have a website, dofreality.com. And uh, pretty cool uh, design. It, it's got, you know, three different ways of pitch and roll and, and that kind of thing. What do you guys think of this? I mean, it, the, the good one, the top of the line one, $2,500, which is not bad for a motion setup. Yeah, that's actually very reasonable uh, compared to uh, really any other, you know, if it stays at that price at $2,500, that it seems like a very good deal if it uh, works as well as it looks. If you guys look at the website, though, like that 2500 see that, I guess they have two of them here. The one that's 1799 and the one that's 20, is 2499 They both are the three-degree one. Like, if you're an oval racer, you want the three-degree one because it's the swaying of the back. The other ones were side to side, like, and forward and back. It's, right. It's like a different, the three-degree one that they have is, looks like it's a lot better for more accuracy if you want, you know, a good, if you're going to spend the money. You're gonna, you're gonna want that motion of it, you know, breaking loose and stuff like that. Looking closer at the pricing, the twenty-five hundred says commercial operation only. The eighteen hundred dollar version looks like the same thing, but it's, it says for individual use. So I guess the price is actually eighteen hundred. There has to be some kind of difference between them as far as durability goes for it to be commercial use. Yeah, what's the difference? Yeah, I'd want to know that. So yeah, you're safe. You're probably spend it, get the good one. I was going to say, you, you're probably right. The commercial one is like, okay, if you're an arcade or something trying to insert, you know, four or five of them, you want them to be in pretty good quality, right? If you're at home, you're the Makes one you that's putting all the stuff on it. think whether they're using some kind of heavier metal for them, you know? I would think the, I'm guessing it'd be like direct drive kind of things, like the, like the, the motors would be probably beefed up more. From Look at the in. video. I mean, Wow. Well, the one thing that I, I, I picked out of this, like the, uh, the, the rig itself isn't all that pretty. It's, it's, uh, pretty bare bones. It is what it is. Um, but the, the movement, um, like you were, you were just mentioning there, the movement seems to be just awesome. But another thing like these things, um, they said they can handle not only any heavy direct drive wheel plus pilot, a pilot of up to 330 pounds. So, I mean, these things are, I, at least seem to be built pretty damn strong. Frank, that's two people on me. Look, an Obutto Revolution stationary cockpit is like $1,100, $1,200. This is 1800 bucks, and gives you the same thing. Well, we I are think... only talking about the base. And, and, you, know, you have to have a seat. Reality. You know, I have a uh, NRG uh, racing seat, but, you know, that's, that's our... That's, Three hundred to four hundred dollars more. You know, you start talking uh, mounts and things like that. You, you know, it it easily gets up there in price. And from what I'm seeing on this website, it just doesn't really show you very much about it. You know, there's no. I, I don't know. It just seems like it doesn't seem very proven yet. The vi look at the video. That's telling. That's what I was it, looking yeah, at. Yeah, see, I did I... watch the video. It it see you know it looked very good. Um, the the way it worked and everything but you know there's just so much about this website that it's just not showing us a right. lot about the product itself and 
know, especially set up in something like this, you know, you, you set something up like this, you know, you're going to want to have some idea of what's going on with stuff like this. And uh, you would think they would get some, you know, big drivers or big uh, reviewers to uh, do something on it. But uh, I guess I'll not contact yet. them. <laughs> yeah, give me a test one. Now, the <laughs> monitors are not attached, so your monitors would be stationary. But if you were VR, this would be perfect, actually. That's what I was just thinking. This is probably built for a VR type thing more than anything because if you're sitting in front of your monitor and it's not moving, it doesn't do you any good. Yeah, from all the videos that I'm seeing on, on it itself, they're all running uh, VR, so it doesn't uh, it's not interfering with anything. And Will, I was just looking at the thing. If you look at the pictures from the uh, commercial one to the uh, individual one, they have different motors and the design underneath the seat's different. I see. Yeah, you yes. probably want the better one. Yeah, the the only thing, like, if I ever invested in motion, this thing looks amazing. But, like, can you honestly feel like, say, if you put stiffer spring, springs in the front of your car, does it move less forward? Like, is it that entailed is just what I'm curious of. Mm, good question. Is, that would be phenomenal. Like, you can feel the, the difference. thing about something like this, especially coming from an oval side of the car, is feeling that rear end and, you know... They Break you loose. really drive with the seat of your pants, you know. That's you know they say that a lot in racing, and that's the one thing that's you know kind of lacking on iRacing or something like that is you just don't have that seat of the pants feeling of uh, the car breaking loose in the back. You know, you you start to learn it, um, you feel it through the wheel, but it's nothing like uh, actually driving the car and it you know breaking loose and uh, you feel it. <laughs> Does it? It doesn't even. I'm trying to look here. It doesn't even say. Like, what program is it using to do all this? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Are they running an proper... independent program? or it, it definitely still feels, at least looking at it, it still looks like a startup campaign to me. More than really, I just, I don't know. Yeah, I haven't seen these out in the wild, so I don't know if this is brand new or what. I would love to see what happens. I would like the, them to demonstrate when a guy spins out. I want to see it spin around. It'd be funny if it would. It would. I don't think it spins around all the way. It just no, it'll just twist I'm a little. Just making a joke. Yeah, it does twist though. Yeah, that video is pretty good though. But it, like, it, you're basically paying for the motors and and a frame. There, there's just nothing. There's nothing spectacular to it. Good price on it and everything, but uh, definitely would like to see some well-known reviewers, uh, inside sim racing, and people like that get a hold of it, and then uh, really, you know. Guys that are known around the community um, get a hold of this thing before you can really make too much of a uh, opinion on it. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, we heard from Joel Hamilton this week. He is with. He's been on the podcast before. He's with uh, Virtual to Reality. Uh, he had the thing where uh, he held a online racing competition, and Alex Bergeron actually won that, and they ended up putting him in a a sprint car in a real race uh, situation. Well, he's done it again. He's got three new drivers who have earned the right to go real race car driving. Uh, those drivers are Anthony Lopresto, Tim Smith, and Chase Cabre have won uh, the contest. And so they'll be uh, racing a uh, nice-looking sprint car with the V2R uh, logo and colors on it. Yeah, they're, uh, it looks like it's what they call a focus midget. So it's 
like the midget we know on iRacing, other than it uses, a, I believe, like a stock Ford Focus motor. Um, so it doesn't have quite the power or the torque, but I remember seeing these things run out of practice at um, local dirt track back in California, and I think it'd be a great a great car for what they're doing. It's not a radical, crazy car, but it's not an entry-level division either. I think it's the perfect fit for what he's trying to do. Yeah, it's a good starting car, not, you know, throw them in a proper sprint, right, and kill themselves going into turn one. Yeah, no, it's um, it's definitely no midget. Um, the first time I saw him run, it was honestly kind of a little bit disappointing. Um, but it, that was, I was in the mindset of a midget. So kind of taking a step back, it's a great starter car, um, a perfect transition for what they're trying to do. Pretty cool uh, that Joel is able to figure out once again how to get this thing funded somehow, some way. Uh, okay, moving on. Final topic. Uh, we're going to talk about. We heard from an iRacing staff member about our podcast. Uh, I do post that uh, each time we put up a new episode in the forums, and he uh, replied on that post. Alexander Horn from the iRacing staff. Hey, this is great. Thanks for posting. So I bet you we have at least one iRacing staff member as a listener to the podcast. So I've always suspected as much, but uh, now we have a confirmation. We need to get one of those guys on here as a guest one of these days. Yeah, that would be interesting. Even even just, you know, something for like upcoming builds and stuff. Maybe get them to talk on here. There you go. Let's jump into final thoughts. Gregory Hectus, what do you got? Uh, just looking forward to uh, this week at Sonoma. Uh, we've been practicing a bit and uh, just can't wait to do it. Um, we'll see how it goes. All right. And you got your wheel back. Tell us a quick update about what happened with that. No, it's not back yet. It's still... Still not good. I'm going to... Oh, you borrowed that. a wheel. Yeah, I still got... Uh, I got Tony's wheel still. Okay. But you sent your your wheel off to be repaired, and they're going to send it back. Yeah, I have yet to uh, keep using their name. I'm going to not put their name in it right now. Well, I didn't either. All right, Michael Morley, final thoughts. I'm just excited for the future. Excited for what's coming, what what they're going to bring, and how fast they're going to bring it. And, uh, yeah. Soon, soon, soon. <laughs> Fingers crossed, yeah. All right, very good. Uh, Tony Gross, final thoughts. Yeah, well, uh, first off, I'm going to throw out another shout-out to uh, one of our listeners, Clay Wagner. Um, he sent me another article this week, um, and it just so happens uh, Will was – uh already all over it um and uh you know that, that's awesome he's uh he sent me a bunch of stuff uh that we've we've talked about um love it love it keep it coming and uh thank you very much um as for everything else uh well, i ain't gonna talk about this week last week i didn't do anything so uh <laughs> i guess on to next week <laughs> okay very good uh yeah, send us your story ideas, guys. We love having those because between all of us, we'll, we find almost all the stories out there, but there's always something that we miss. So 
please, please contact us with any story ideas you have. Uh, William Gibson, final thoughts. Ah, uh, not a whole lot here. Um, hotkeys messing up here. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, not a whole lot here. Um, I wish iRacing quit releasing news on Thursdays. It makes it hard to keep up with all the last minute details when I update these scripts. But um, yeah, I'm always having fun talking with you guys and um, got to start this week at Sonoma. Can't wait for next week to talk about that. And yeah, no, all is good here. Hopefully we could um, stop saying the hashtag soon though when we start getting some of these uh, new updates. Before you go here, Mike, I just want to say thanks. We got to thank uh, Will for working on these form uh, these pages too. He he does a great job putting all this together. Oh and, yeah, uh, we're really thankful for him to take his time and 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 go through this and uh, you know make sense of it so that we can have something to talk about. So we appreciate it, Will. Yeah, you should have seen it before, Will. Uh, it was bad. Uh, and the new show notes that we're publishing, guys, with all the links that we're talking about. So uh, you can find the show note link, uh, you know, on social media and stuff. All right, and then special guest, Spencer Tart. Thank you for joining us today. What are your final thoughts? I want to go ahead and thank you guys a lot for having me on. I had, you know, had a good time uh, talking about everything. Um, definitely looking forward to this um, NASCAR Ignite series. Uh, definitely brings a really great opportunity to people like myself. And, uh, you know, hopefully we do really well in this series. Uh, starting off with a P2 isn't too bad. And uh, hopefully we'll go out there next week and get a win. Yeah, and I think you should be testing and, uh, you know, working on, is it a fixed setup or is it open? It is a fixed setup, which okay. is, um, you know, a good and a bad thing, if <laughs> depending on who you ask. <laughs> right. Well, just be ready and uh, we'll be pulling for you. Come back to the show anytime. You're welcome. All right. Hey, I appreciate good luck. it. Yeah, good, good luck, luck to you. Uh, all right. My final thoughts. Uh, boy, off week then to Sonoma, which is... Just get my points and run. Uh, take my hit on my I rating and my SR because I will take a hit at Sonoma. I am an oval guy. But uh, Sonoma counts towards the championship, so I need to get some token points. Maybe I can get 65 or 70, and I'll be happy. Um, and move on to the next week, Chicago. Yes, I'm excited to get back to an oval. It feels like it's been forever since we've been oval racing, so uh, bring it on. That's what I say. And with that, we'll see you later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.